I am Tova Cito. I believe our lives should be happy, healthy, and abundant. And I believe it's our job to get us there. Every week, I will have inspiring, educational, and fun conversations that will help you live your very best life. Welcome to The Remedy. Alrighty, everyone. Welcome to the very next episode of The Remedy with Tobacito. We are so happy that you're joining us today. And I am particularly excited about my guest today, guest in-house. Before I get there, I would love um, to thank the sponsor of today's show, Arden Ellis, wherever you are today listening to the show. Thank you so much for your contribution. Thank you for paying Kevin's salary Thank you very much. for this month. <laughs> so I don't have to. <laughs> Just, not go unappreciated. Uh, in fact, I, I think I owe you. Didn't you Venmo request me? Did I? I thought I just sent the QuickBooks yeah, one, I which know. I do just as formality, because Venmo is how you usually do it anyway. Well, I think I owe you. It's fine. <laughs> I'll get it to you. No, I'm not worried. <laughs> have I ever not paid you? No. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad Never left me in a lurch. I'm glad our listeners can acknowledge the fact that I take care of my people. You do. Very well. <laughs> um, okay. Well, welcome to the very next episode of The Remedy. We are here with Dr. Michael Lee, plastic surgeon... Uh, how would, how else would you describe yourself? Dad, um, professional. Right, keep going. Um, <laughs> handsome. I, please, I, please keep going. <laughs> yes, it's so much more flattering for you to do it than for him to do it himself. Hardworking. Uh, you're a son, father, friend, boyfriend, mm-hmm. professional, doctor. A lot of hats. You have a lot of hats. Yeah. Um, so I've had a couple of people reach out to me and say, uh, kind of complain. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> listeners. Do you, uh, you want to name them? No, no but okay. I can tell you, I know their names, but I'm going to... Hey, any say, feedback is appreciated. That's true, because look, it got him here today. Yeah. Um, I really do appreciate feedback, but they said, uh, a couple of people pointed out that I seem to always give the women's perspective. Hmm. I do. I thought that's why I was here to kind of balance that. You out. do. I think you do. <laughs> I try. <laughs> you totally balance it out. Thank God for you. I don't even know if I'd have any male <laughs> listeners if it wasn't for you. But, that's not true. Uh, um, and so I do. I always give. I mean, I, I'm happy to give my my perspective, and I invite right. women here all the time. But um, so I do episodes on dating, on balance, on being a mom on being a professional, on um, being single, on being divorced. And so we're going to talk about all of those things in one episode <laughs> with you. <laughs> so nobody complain, can complain ever again right. that I don't give the man's perspective. <laughs> <laughs> and you are just a sucker enough to say yes. Well, I'm glad to be here. Um, <laughs> I, I am a male listener, so I... Um, I've listened to several of these talks. I've often wondered why you don't have um, the male perspective, but well, maybe good. a little, maybe a little. But I, I mean, I would never mention that to you. So. Well, somebody else had the guts to do it. So, <laughs> but I'm, gl- I'm I'm really happy to be here, and uh, and hopefully I can um, make some points. So, okay, so you've been with us before. We right. recorded a year and a half ago. At least, I would say. Yeah, close to two years ago. Yeah. Back at the very beginning. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. you were back. Yeah, because Amy Bowers, uh-huh. when I first told her, she was like, "I know who you should get." And so you were, <laughs> you were one of like the first 
Yeah, it was way back. At the old six, studio. Six, seven episodes, yeah. I want to say. Um, and we talked about plastic surgery yep. because you are a very, very, very well-known, very well-respected. In fact, I've had plastic surgery done by you. If anybody wants to know why I look so young. <laughs> Beautiful canvas. That's Beautiful. a bold yeah. reveal, Tove. Did you mention that in the last one? Oh, well, I hadn't had it done. Oh, okay. The last time, the first time I met him, now everybody's wondering what you I had done. You had never done. been patient before <laughs> he was on the, the show. you're talking about, Tove? <laughs> well, that is the big, yeah. Keep, keep him guessing. <laughs> it's true. Then they'll just go yeah. in and say, what do I need done? <laughs> yeah, whatever it is, it's working. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, so the first time he was here is the first day I met you. So I'm, I met you at yeah, the studio. that's true. I'd never met you that before. That is true. And, uh, and it was a great conversation. So if, you, if the listeners, if you've, not, if you've not heard that conversation about plastic surgery, I have to say... I'm going to check which episode that was just okay. so we can let them know. Okay, yeah, do that. Let's see. See why I pay you the big bucks? It's <laughs> good to have a producer. <laughs> um. The best thing that I got out of that, so I thought that we were going to talk a lot about vanity and we were going to talk about like all the reasons why I've gone under the knife. Um, but w- the, the greatest thing that I heard and I, the feedback that I heard about that was how many people have been judgmental about yeah. plastic surgery and people who've had plastic surgery done. And, um, and, and yet you like did this whole side of like people like get messing with their self-esteem and they're looking in the mirror and all they see is what's wrong. And then you have this great opportunity to like have, and the result when pe- patients come out is they look in the mirror and they're, they're finally happy with yeah. what they see. And I, I I think I got choked up when you were like, Tom. I was like, <laughs> you have the best job. I do remember saying, you yeah. have a great job. It's a, it's a, because it's not just about, it's not just vanity. Yeah. I mean, you know, my, my approach to it is it's almost the antithesis of vanity because vanity is this hyperinflated, you know, look at me, look how beautiful, look how wealthy, what have you. And, um, you know, it's, that's not what it's about. That's, that may be what it's about, you know, I don't know, in Beverly Hills or, um, magazine covers but uh, real plastic surgery is someone coming in who has something that bothers them Mm -hmm. and um, you know everything starts with what their concerns are and the human connection of okay I have the ability to make this better Mm -hmm. and you do that on a really high level but at the end of the day you're taking care of people and there's just such a huge connection. I didn't even realize this when I was, and I know we're not going to talk about plastic surgery, but when I was in medical school, you sort of have the same thought about it because that's how it's presented in the media. Sure. And then you actually... That's why we all think about right. it that way. And then once you start to interact with people, it's there's so much psychology involved in it, which I enjoy because I enjoy that aspect of humanity and, um, you know, listening to people's issues and and being able to to help them and improve their quality of life and that's a lot of fun so uh yeah i mean i think it's the greatest job i said that i think the first time around yeah. and i and i still i've been doing it now seven years and um it's i mean i, I wake up every day I, I smile i've done that the whole time and i think i'll be doing that when i'm in my 70s <laughs> 
but I'm still practicing. Well, you're really good at it. The most fascinating, and I think uh, one of the things I love most is following you on Instagram <laughs> and well, seeing the before and afters. And yeah. I, I think about like, okay, if I was that person, and they're pretty brave, like the people who don't mind you posting, you know, their noses and their necks. And yeah, um, and, we, the, and we try to do it um, to where it's not all out there. Yeah, you know? but still you can see, yeah. you can see the difference. That oh yeah, the physical difference that you're making, and you do make people feel better about the way that they look. Yeah, it's, it's that's a gift. It's fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. You're you're really really good at it. So <laughs> we're not talking about plastic surgery no, today. But no, if you not. need plastic surgery, in fact, I just heard on the way in that I need to get my boobs redone, not because of anything that you saw. No. <laughs> No, we, we were talking but science. We're talking science. <laughs> right, we were talking <laughs> that, that, that science. That did not sound good when I, we were. Right. Like, but when I got, I, I had my boobs done 2005. You corrected me when I said that. How do you, a breast talk? I had a breast, a breast augmentation, augmentation right. in 2005. The other's not a medical term. Yeah. And you said that you need to get them redone every 10 to 15 years. Well, that. So that I'm at if you if you ask ten plastic surgeons, you get ten different answers. Oh, really? But yeah, it's not like an FDA recommendation. Mm -hmm. What what I think it is is, um, pairing what we know about breast augmentation and implants with you know what I would want done, or you know I don't have them clearly, but um, but a family member like you know there's trade offs with everything, so mm -hmm. changing them out is a really straightforward procedure. So. <clears throat> so I I think in I mean I don't want to get into this because once I start talking about surgery I won't stop but yeah I mean in your specific situation that would be my recommendation yes. but, so you know. that was that was a recommendation on the way in yeah and I know uh, you guys aren't talking about plastic surgery today but for anyone listening who does want to hear about plastic surgery after this episode check out episode nine okay which is thank totally you. focused on on it was it's so you were top ten. You were first. First 10. 10 oh, wow. Last of, one of the single digits. Of the remedy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, and that was a really interesting, and and I've just seen a lot of the work that you've done. I know quite a few people who've gone to you and just always have the best results. So Thank you. Um, yeah. And so it, just because I'll forget, how do people follow you, get in touch with you um, If from like a professional standpoint? Let's just clear that up because I will forget that at the end. So uh, – I think they just contact you and you point them in my direction. Oh, okay. No, that's what you want. <laughs> we, I mean, we have a, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I, I think our, so Instagram handle is Michael Lee plastic surgeon. Okay. I believe. And then, uh, we're on Facebook as well. We don't post a whole lot on social media. Um, but then also they call the office, but you know, okay. I, uh, our website is park cities, cosmetic surgery.com. Okay, and what's your phone number? Do you even know your office I, phone I number? I do, because so many people have asked me over the years. Uh, so 469-730-2831. Okay. And you're right at Oaklawn and... Right across from Shops of Highland Park. Yeah. Yep. Right by Albernays. 4311 Oaklawn by okay. Albernays. Yep. Great, awesome. great building. Beautiful office. Thank you. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, you should. You've done a good <laughs> job. You're... Your people have done a good job too. I have great people. Surround yourself with great women. That's that seems to work in plastic <laughs> surgery. So if it, it the 
two weeks ago, I, I came in on a Saturday to see. Um, Happens to work in media too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I I saw someone who um, uh, on the weekend, and I, uh, you know, we just met her and her husband up at the office, and I didn't have the girls there because I was just a little check on her, and um, I mean, I couldn't even I couldn't even find a gauze or anything. Like I didn't know where anything was at because they. <laughs> They, they run my whole life. All, yeah, that yeah. may be applicable to this conversation. So. <laughs> okay, so to the point why we're here today, I, I asked you to come in really because I, uh, I admire you a lot. I respect Sweet. you a lot. You're dear to me. And, uh, and I look at your life and I think, okay, you're a single dad. You have your kids. How old are your children? So I have a 14-year-old daughter. Mm-hmm. And then a twelve-year-old son. Okay, so you're you're a doctor, and you work really <laughs> yes. hard. Um, you're a dad, single dad. You have your kids fifty percent of the time. Correct. Um, you work out, so <laughs> it, like taking care of yourself is right. also a priority. Right. Um, you have a social life. You have friends. I know you have a lot of friends, and and. Right. People that you like to go do things with. You have a girlfriend. I do. You're dating someone. Yeah. So having a romantic relationship is a priority in your life. And I, from where I sit, as a all those things too. I'm not a doctor, but you know, just uh, trying to find the balance of all of those things and trying to do it well. I wanted to get your perspective on how you do it and where you how you keep it together where you fail, um, what you wish you did differently. And so I'm just going to start asking you questions. Are you ready? Shoot, go. <laughs> you want to take, are you getting sweaty? You want to take your jacket off? <laughs> I'm just going to unzip it a little bit more. If there's a, fa- if there's a fan somewhere. <laughs> no, I'm, yeah, ask questions. Okay, so let's start with your kids. Okay. Okay, well, how, how, long, how long were you married? Uh, right at 10 years. Okay, and how long have you been divorced? Um, I'm not going to know this exactly. Probably four or five years, I would think. Okay. Yeah. And did you take some time off? Did you not date for a while? How how was all yeah, how was all that for you? Uh, sticky. Um. You know, I think. You know, I don't know how much we want to go into this, but I think divorce as is, much as you want yeah, to. Just, you talk as much as you want to about <laughs> it. I'll talk about anything. Okay. Just ask Kevin. It's. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I think it's really traumatic. Um, you, you know, you never anticipate it. I think when you get married and then when you go through it, um, your thinking is clouded a lot of times because there's so so many emotions involved in it. And it's a, I thought it was extremely sad. You know, my ex-wife, we have a great relationship now. I have a great relationship with her husband. Um, but, you know, I can remember both of us in the courtroom uh, – and there was this was in Louisiana when we lived there, but there's a lot of so you got divorced in Louisiana, yeah. Okay, that's where we I didn't know that, yeah. Well, so I finished all my training here, then moved to Louisiana and I practiced for three years. And and it was shortly after we got there that all this happened, but um, but I can remember us in the courtroom and there were a lot of people because they tried to do it all at the same time for efficiency, I guess. But a lot of people were, I mean, actually like really excited and happy and clapping and parties and for us like we were both in on the bench in the very back and very somber and like you know uh, tearful so 
you know, it was traumatic. And uh, for that reason, I think it's taken me years before I kind of maybe, you know, get back into the, the dating game. And, there, mm-hmm. you know, I have, I have had uh, relationships, I guess, during that time. This is uh, probably the... Maybe maybe I'm in a better place now than I have been in the past. I guess is what I would mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. So, but it took years. <laughs> I think there's a difference between dating, coming right out of divorce, and then being removed from it for a little while. I mean, I'm a, I, I am a completely different human being yeah. than I was, and I, I I'm the same timeline as you. Okay, four or five years. Yeah. So, and I. I and I was the exact same as you. Like I remember I remember going to the courthouse and there were like girls like with other girls who were getting divorced and it was like a party. Yeah. And I it was it was so sad for me. I mean I was yeah. I went alone and I didn't want anybody to go with me. And only one person has come to go to the courthouse in Texas. Okay. And so I went alone and I just, I sobbed. I walked out of that building and I just, I mean, you just feel like your whole life is. Yeah. I mean, you put so much into it. nothing to cheer about. Yeah. Nothing to cheer about. Some people found joy. (laughs) I I wasn't married to that guy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Or that woman. (laughs) It was was probably more women excited than men. (laughs) Yeah. I saw a lot of excited women. I just didn't feel like any of those people. Okay, so uh, how did you decide? Um, how did you decide fifty-fifty custody? I think it well. So my my ex-wife and I both went to medical school together, did our training together, and both physicians. So um, at the point where we went through the divorce, we didn't have much money. So that's there was no arguing over money you don't have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we just split everything. And you know, I think for. When it came to the kids, uh, for me there was no, there would be nothing acceptable except for fifty fifty because uh, I'll just throw this out there. But I mean, my favorite part of life is my kids. It's so, obvious yeah, by your Instagram. I, I would walk. How you spend your time? I would walk away from plastic surgery to, <laughs> if I needed to 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 be with my kids. So you know, and I think that uh, we both felt strongly that children needed both the both the father and the mother's mm-hmm. um influence and so since we were in agreement with that like it was it was not a bitter divorce or anything you mm-hmm. know we just drew up the paperwork 50/50 and signed it and and even we we've never followed some strict criteria yeah. you know like if if she calls me and they have something on a night when they're with their mom, then I can take the, you know, I have a, my policy is always, uh, you know, the kids can always come with me. And, and mm-hmm. this happened, if, uh, what, last year, I think it was, on Easter. I had planned this trip to Marfa. I'd never been, but I was just me and Bo. <laughs> you, you've met Bo before. Yep. The, my golden. <laughs> so I, I booked a hotel room for, I don't know, eight bucks um, outside of Marfa because all the good ones were taken. And um, and I was just going to take the three days and hop in the car and drive to 
to Marfa with Bo and Big Ben and just hang out, kind of have like, it was Easter weekend and I wasn't going to have them. So the kids were going to go out of town. Mm-hmm. Their stepdad's from Al- Albuquerque and I believe that's where they were going to go. Well, that kind of fell through. I think they got sick. And so then the kids were with me and I was like, all right, well, let's go to Marfa. So we all <laughs> did. And actually the hotel, I was really worried because uh, I thought it was going to be fairly dangerous, but, um, but it wasn't, it was actually a really decent thing. So that's, sort of the approach that we've taken, even That's though it's 50-50, there's never like... Well, oh, the decree says... Yeah, that it, never. Yeah. We, we, it's good. All these years, never been the case. So. Did it start out that way? Have it, Has it always been like that? I think when it comes to the children, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we had a little bit of a rough patch actually going through the divorce, but I, I don't... There was never... There was never any question about whether or not it would be 50-50, mm-hmm. ever. The question was, I think, whether we would live in Dallas or Louisiana. Like, mm-hmm. would we move back here? So, um, as fate would have it, we ended up moving back here, and we've been back now about four years. So, so it might have been six years divorce. And so, when you got divorced, you had y'all were both living there, but had you not decided to come to Dallas? So, you both had to make that decision and be okay with it. Yeah, we both had to make that decision. Yeah. It's and lucky you were on the same page about that. I think we've always. Uh, Try to be on the same page. So, yeah, I think when you have, in, in, in our case, because the focus is on the kids and, and um, you know, and still have a lot of appreciation and respect for the other person. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, my, I don't think she would mind me sharing this, but, I mean, my ex-wife still talks to my dad probably two or three times a week. Wow, really? Yeah, yeah. And so... Um, you know, that's just, and, and her, her mom, who's my ex-mother-in-law, mm-hmm. one of my favorite people on this earth. So <clears throat> I think just that healthy respect and adoration for the other person has yeah. facilitated it. But, um, and I'm we, sure your kids really, really, they probably don't know anything different because that's what, how you guys have chosen to conduct yourselves, but yeah. that will be such a blessing to your kids in the long run for sure. Yeah, I, th- I think it's, you know, you're making the best of a yeah. bad situation, I guess. Yeah. So, Yeah, for sure. I asked my kids, so uh, I recently went skiing, and uh, and Topher, my ex-husband, yeah. came with us. And, uh, you know, he wanted to go skiing with the kids, too. And, you know, we've got baseball and dance and basketball and finding three or four days that we can – all get away is impossible. Yeah. And he's like, Tova, this is like, this is it. And I want to ski with them and you always get to take them skiing. And so would it be okay if I came along? And I was like, I'm, you know, I, I, I yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Give me a minute, you know, and, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we get along great, but you know, I want to make sure the kids are okay with it. And, right. and people were dating, are okay yeah. with it. I mean, that's yeah. something to consider, right? And uh, and so when we were driving back, he of course he ends up coming. And when we were driving back, I said to the kids, I turned down the radio. Okay, take your headphones off because you know every <laughs> once in a while they have to talk to me. And I was like, okay, I want to know something. Uh, you know, I have a question. And Carter's like, oh, we're so <laughs> close to home, mom. We're so close to home. Why now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay, how was this for y'all? You know, how, like, 
how was this for y'all? Because, I mean, Topher and I, are we get along great. Right. We really do. And sounds a lot like your relationship. I mean, we help each other. We've got each other's back. Like, there's no, nothing romantic. Right, right. You know, but it, yeah. we work. I think I think that part kind of dies. It's dead. Yeah. Yeah, totally dead. But the other stuff is great, you know, and yeah. I'm grateful for it. And he would probably, I mean, he would say the same. I'm sure he would say the same. Yeah. So uh, the boys are like, oh, it's fine. It's easy. It's great. It was so fun. I'm so glad both of you came. And Anna Prynne was like, well, I just think it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say it. I think it's weird. Yeah. And I said, I, I get that. Yeah. You know, I, I hear that. And she was like, and my friends think it's weird. Yeah. And nobody gets it. And uh, Topher said that the girl he's dating, he was like, "Yeah, she's she's she not doesn't a, get it. She's not a fan." Yeah. And you mean there's differences between men and women? <laughs> <laughs> Weird, this right? Is, this is news. <laughs> you heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> that that statement alone is going to take us to the next level. <laughs> yeah, you know. I, People are going to have different perspectives because the world's so diverse and, and no two humans are the same. But but I also, I, th I think as you get older, um, you understand that there's a lot of um, factors involved in all these decisions and uh, people change and people grow and they develop and life is too short and no one's perfect. Yeah. And um, just like with the plastic surgery comment about people, you know, judging others and so yeah. forth. I mean, this, if there's one thing that the, if the human race could flip a switch and just not judge other humans, because no single person has um, experienced the same as yeah. another person. Yeah. So, you know, same thing. And I think in divorces that it, our tendency is always to pick a side and our tendency is always to size up what someone else has done yeah. or, yeah. um, you know, we're always right in our own mind, <laughs> but, totally. but as you get older, I think, and you mature, you realize at least it, I have that, I mean, there's just, humans aren't perfect. Yeah. Humans make mistakes. Humans make bad decisions. Um, I've made plenty in my life and, you know, I don't want anyone judging me. Yep. So I don't judge anyone else. And then, uh, love conquers all, and you kind of take that approach to it. And, you know, especially in divorce, I mean, you've shared your life, a lot of times a major portion of your life with this individual. Mm -hmm. um, in my case, we have children together, and um, thank goodness they have a lot of her qualities. <laughs> I'm very grateful for that, uh, kind of balance out some of mine. So, you know, um, I don't know. It's just, to me, I, I find that the better way to live. Yeah. So it's worked, and it's it works really well for the kids and um yeah so how um how have your kids like did you notice did you notice that they went through a tough time when y'all were getting divorced yes um i don't know that that they couldn't go through a hard time just because of the yeah you know it's traumatic for them they don't understand it really mine were young and they don't really get it um and even still today, years later, like there's there's parts of it that I can tell bothered them. Like I got them bicycles for Christmas, and then they love it. They ride to school every day, you know, mm -hmm. um, on their bikes and so forth. But then when they go to their mom's house, they don't have the bikes. So, and you know, their house they have a lot of other things that I don't have. So, yeah. um, you know, I 
I'm sure in their head, they're like, this is just, it could be so much simpler. Yeah. And uh, that's you know just what? the material aspect of I it. I love that example because yeah. I think that that example is so simple and yet so complex and yeah. so accurate for the, for the child. Yeah. Like, yes. Like that is the perfect example <laughs> of, yes, of how it goes. But it, you know, they, kids are resilient. They and, are. And I think, too, if you, you spend time, you don't shy away from it. I'll tell you, for me, the, the, I grew so much during this process, um, spiritually, I would say, um, because I, I am a perfectionist, and I've known that since I was a kid. I didn't know what it was called, but I just knew that you didn't know what your problem was. I didn't know what my problem was. There were no doctors. I was in a small town. No one could diagnose it. Even today, um, you know, Fritz Barton. I, I think I've spoken to you. He was my mentor and all, yep. and he's now retired. You mentioned it on the previous okay. podcast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, he tells me he's like, you know, there's medicine for that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you know, I'd always been um, like that, and so when you have children, you you sort of want to portray this. Um, the adult, the parent that you should be, right? Mm -hmm. It's hard, I, I feel like, or at least I did feel like, for a parent to admit to their kids that, hey, I make mistakes, and and hey, sometimes I fuss at you, and I shouldn't have fussed at you. And in the culture that I grew up in, and I had the most amazing two parents you could ever imagine, but my dad rarely apologized to me, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. And and so I think with divorce, like you, there's you can't hide behind anything. Yeah. Like, you basically, um, and we never, you know, my ex-wife and I never, we we didn't go through all of the, everything that we both had been through with the kids and say this is why and so forth, but. You uh, mean you didn't tell the, you weren't giving them reasons why you were getting divorced? Right, right. We never right. went through that, mm -hmm. but, but they, you know, you're still going through a divorce. So just mm -hmm. like we felt in the courthouse, like, you know, that it was a failure on our part. Yeah. Um, you kind of have to face that with the children, and they want to know, well, why? Why are mom and dad not together? And yeah. you say, Listen. why can't you just say I'm sorry and fix yeah, it yeah. and work it out? So, um, so you, for for me, I grew a lot because I had to just say, you know what, kids, like here it is, mom and dad just don't get along, and um, you know we're both really sorry, but this is where we're at in life, and this is gonna this is gonna be how it is. So. Since that time, I have no problems apologizing or, um, uh, you know, explaining to my kids how I was wrong in some decision. Mm -hmm. I even, as early as this morning, yesterday, <laughs> um, with the kids at school and they forgot this and they forgot that and this was broken and that, you know, I, there was a stuffed animal that was safety pinned to the drapes and all these different <laughs> things that happened yesterday. But my daughter... Yeah, and I was in the kitchen cooking dinner, and I heard the the printer just going off like crazy. It sounded like I was at the office. It was going so much. And then I heard frustration in her voice, and I walked in the little area where the printer's at, and I looked, and there's probably 25 full-color printed sheets oh, all balled God. up because, um, you know, my first thought is she keeps printing this off, and she doesn't realize how much the ink costs, and the printer's going to be broken, and I don't know how to fix this thing. So. Uh, just one more thing you have to deal with yeah. in the evening. So, and, and so I said, you know what? That's it. No more printing for three months. That's how I respond. 
It's You're three months before you can print it. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you print at school from now on, young lady. And then later, after we, you know, we're eating dinner and stuff, and, and I said, okay, well, what was the deal with the printer? And she says, well, you know, I was trying to stop it, Dad. I couldn't figure out how to, because it's a smart printer. You know, you have to use your phone and all these, there's no buttons on it. So, um, which I don't know how to, that's why I was so upset, because I don't even know how to put, you know, ink in it. Um, so just make that last forever. But, um, and then she says, I just couldn't figure out how to turn it. And it just kept on doing it. And I said, okay, well, next time just pull, you just pull the paper out and it can't print. But then it occurs to me, like her plight, why she was struggling with it. And so this morning, the first thing I did when I woke her up before I went to the hospital was, I said, you know what, I'm sorry that I overreacted yesterday with that printing, and and I sort of jumped to a conclusion, and so I'm I'm sorry for that. And she's used to saying this, but she, you know, said it again, which I forgive you, Dad. <laughs> so, you know, I, good. I I guess it just unveiled. I feel completely human with my kids, and I don't have to be some. I don't have to be a super dad. Yeah, um, and that takes a lot of pressure off, and and make sure. I, I think it. Um, then you just do it because you love doing it. It's not yeah. like you don't feel pressure to do it. It's really good. How do you? How do you? How do you work? How do you keep the hours you do? How do you? How do you balance uh, your professional life and the kids? <clears throat> do you have help? I mean, what do you do? Uh, well, mine are old enough now. I did have help when they were younger, um, and I would utilize some of my office staff too. The kids would spend. Uh, time in the office mm -hmm. now they're old enough a lot to stay by themselves so you know I work from home too quite a bit and then I do think it's important and and I do this routinely where I will bring them to the office while I'm working on a Saturday or even a Sunday afternoon so that they can see me putting in this effort because one of the things that was clear to me early on was they they see all the 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 nice part of they our see life. the new bikes yeah they mm -hmm. see the new bikes and they um see the nice things and but but they don't know where it comes from they did they weren't here during college they weren't here during medical school they mm -hmm. weren't here during uh they were they were there during residency for part of it but but they they have they no weren't, idea they weren't a part of ramen days <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no 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 and so you know you want to you want to let them know this this didn't just didn't happen overnight. Yeah, it's good. So uh, I have no problems mixing the two. And matter of fact, this past week, my daughter said, uh, you know, I think I need a debit card. <laughs> Me too. And yes, yes, that's what I said. <laughs> and I, I graciously replied, and I think you need a job because um, that's how that works. But, but then I, I told her, you know, there's mm -hmm. no reason why I can't employ you at the office because I have – all these breast implants that need to be, you know, cleaned, just the kind that people look at and so forth to determine mm -hmm. their size. And there's no reason why you can't do that for a, a hefty minimum wage salary. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I don't shy away from it. One of the interesting things is being in plastic surgery. There's there are around topics that you may not have to discuss with the average 14 year old, mm -hmm. but uh, but they've seen, you know, a lot of facelift videos of, of when I was, you know, younger me watching others do facelift videos. Now I film a lot and I, I teach at the university and um, present um, across the country at meetings. And so I film a lot. And so they'll watch me operating and stuff as we edit and, and put things into talks. But, um, 
you know, I also have a lot of artistic books around my house because it's I'm an artistic person. My and I think my my son's pretty artistic as well. So nudity becomes a factor, right? Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. like you can have a whole, you know, plethora of Picasso books and not have to answer questions about <laughs> nudity. So, um, so there are definitely those types of topics. But we, I've never shied away from it. We go to a lot of museums. They've seen a lot of uh, human form throughout the years, and so it's, you know, they were four and five years old throwing an implant across the, to, you know, <laughs> back and forth in the back of the car on a trip or something. So um, that's been interesting, but I think they're, I think it's worked out well. It's not like they're weird kids or anything. <laughs> they're definitely not weird kids. What uh, What's the hardest part for you about being a single dad? You know, I, I think the biggest, the biggest um, thing has, has been Usually there's a disciplinarian in a, in a marriage, right? Mm-hmm. In my family, it was the, my father. So you were scared of my father and um, not anymore. Now he's <laughs> <laughs> approaching 70. But, but I had three younger brothers and we did what dad said. And if you disobeyed mom, then dad was going to take care of you when he got home. And so uh, it was a, we were in a small town in South Louisiana and no one could hear you cry. So no one cared. But um, <laughs> So I I took on that role as a disciplinarian. And one of the things when you have a divorced household is you, you, you can't always be that whenever the kids are with you. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, when they're with their mom, it's the, it's the comforting aspect of the two. So we, we picked up on that. We've done counseling since we went through all of this and that was my ex-wife's, um, her advice Mm-hmm. And she thought it was important. And just like a guy, I thought, how much is this? You know, like, <laughs> do we need this? You just pick yourself up by the bootstraps and keep going. But I think it was absolutely brilliant because it gave them a third party to talk to. And and it also gives you insight because men just, I mean, we're just clueless on a lot of things. We Can just, you say that again? Yeah, Louder? We are, we are absolutely <laughs> clueless. We just don't know. Even now, you know, I'm, I'm, 41 and I'm just teasing. Um, I don't think men are clueless. Well, I do. And, <laughs> and I still like someone will make a, make a comment if it's about something that is important to women or from that perspective. And I mean, I feel like the last one in the room to know, you know, I just do. So <laughs> that's why counseling, had, it really helped me too, because I would get that feedback like, you know, well, the kids just feel like it, and they're at your house, everything is about discipline. And mm. and the reason being is because when they were with, you know, their mom, there was none of that. And she mm-hmm. actually, we talked about it a lot. She said, you know, she's like, I, she's the one who actually brought this up. And so I think we need to go to the counselor because, um, you know, they they behave a certain way at your house and then a different one at mine. And so that's a really interesting. That is interesting. Um, experience is learning that now because. Because a stepdad can't discipline the way that a right. the regular dad can. Right. So um, trying to figure out the right balance at both places of discipline and then love and compassion and yeah. that sort of thing. So I had to – my homework was to be more fun, which mm-hmm. I was fine by that. Mm-hmm. I think her assignment was harder where she had to learn how to discipline a little bit more. And mm-hmm. But – um, does, does her husband now have children? Did he have children he, as no, well? No, no. Okay. So he, he was divorced, um, as well, but he has uh, no kids. Okay. And then when he got mine, he decided they didn't want any. Ah! 
That's no, no, I, I think, um, I mean, he's a great stepdad. I think he's, um, I couldn't ask for a better stepdad. So was it hard for you though? Was it hard for you when she either was, was like seriously dating him and then he became a part of their lives and, or when they got married, was it hard for you to share this relationship? No. Really? Uh-uh. I've heard from so many people that I've counseled over the years how difficult that is. No, not at all. Maybe because of your headspace and where you're mm-hmm. at, and and he's probably equally as healthy and evolved, but I think yeah. that takes two really, really healthy, grounded, confident people for that to work well. You know, I can still remember, and I, and I, I mean, if, I think the most, I don't want to take credit for any of this stuff because I think it's a spiritual transformation. I don't think it's a, a me thing here, but I can remember before part of the reason for us moving back to Dallas and, and a large part of it was because they were going to marry. Mm-hmm. And um, he's a physician. He works here in Dallas. Well, uh, I can remember us two. We went to dinner mm-hmm. before we moved over here and, um, conversation between both of us they were thinking about the frisco area because um, he works for the cowboys and uh, they were building the star and all Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. and my opportunity was in uh, park city's area Mm -hmm. and so you know we everybody just a very professional collegial discussion about okay this is what we're going to do and this is where we live and that sort of thing and it and so they made a bit of a sacrifice for us living you know, um, they sacrificed and we live in Highland Park. So, um, but, but I think that, um, even in that conversation, when we went to dinner, I started it out by just saying, let me, let me just say like, this is all Jesus, right? So the whole, my heart and, um, my outlook on life and how I act and everything has been sort of transformed during this period. And, you know, I just put it all out there, and and he responded really well. You know, we. That's I think it's a God thing. Yeah, I think it's a God. That thing. It has to be a God thing. It has to be. And I look back, and you know, <laughs> again, like I don't have the, the, I'm, you know, when you're going through life and you see those people, and you're like, man, if I could just be more like that person. Yeah. Uh, that's how I am. When I met you, I was like, I should just be more like Toby, but. <laughs> But, and then you got to know me. <laughs> and you're like, oh. <laughs> but I, but I look back on life, and I think, uh, you know, this this is a time when God really changed me and um, made me more Christ-like, mm-hmm. and and so you can see that sort of evidence in your life, and that was that was a big one, probably the biggest, I would say. So it's a uh, profound thing to say. I did yeah. not know that about you. Yeah. You know, where I go to church, they often. Uh, the pastor there often talks about the messy lives of people mm-hmm. and your story and your messy life. And, uh, yeah, so I, that, I guess that ties back into what I was saying earlier. I don't look at it as I, as a perfectionist, I used to look at it as, Oh, this was, it can never be okay. <laughs> it can never be good. This is, this was how it was supposed to go and it didn't go that way. And now I can say, you know what? Nobody, nobody has a life. That is perfect. No. Even if it appears so, it's not. So no. you don't have to try for that. Yeah. 
you just take one day at a time. Yep. And, um, and you know what? Like the people that I counsel and meet with all week long, I mean, I can attest to that. These people are beautiful and yeah. talented and rich. And from the outside, I mean, people who call me and like, hey, can I come meet with you? And, you know, first call, I have no idea. But all I know is how beautiful and perfect and fabulous right, right. they are. And then they walk into <laughs> my house and sit down. And, I mean, every, nobody, <laughs> you're exactly right, that yeah. nobody gets through this life without some battle wounds. I mean, we all, and, you know, we, we, put, we put that whatever the scar tissue thing that you put on scars to try to cover them up and make yes. it look all pretty, you know, and make it act like yeah. it didn't happen. But I don't, I, I think that sharing, I mean, I just had lunch with a girlfriend today who told me something taking place in her marriage. And I, I have, I had no idea. I mean, this is one of my best friends who's shared something that I, I'm yeah. like dear friends with them, you know? And I like, I didn't know, you know, I did not know. And I like your, I really like your comment a while ago, like don't judge Yeah. and, and, and let's all have a little bit more compassion uh, because you just don't know. It's so interesting, both from um, having a science background mm -hmm. and, and understanding DNA and molecular biology but how that translates into everyday living, we're not really that much different than any other person. We're it's true. humans. It doesn't matter, male, female, or um, you know, any of the any of the different categories, right? Yeah. Um, races, culture, you know, geography, you name it. Like the. The human condition is the human condition, yeah. and we all a lot of us struggle with the same things. There's just so many. There's so many more parallels um, and similarities, and there are differences. So that's why I. And a lot of times you just don't know. That's why I know you don't judge people in plastic surgery because, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm not going to hijack the conversation towards that. But you just don't know what people are going through. Yeah, and so yeah, um, compassion is, is, I would say almost always the answer. Yep. Um, okay, tell me a typical day. Um, so I, through a work week, I operate three days out of the week. So those days I will... You, you wake up at what time? Usually about 4.45. Okay. And so I like to start operating. If I'm doing a facelift, and I usually do um, one or two a week. And so I do those at UT Southwestern. Early? Is that why you wake yeah. up at 4.45? So what time are you at the hospital? Uh, usually about 6.15. Okay. So we like to start a little bit earlier than everybody else. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah. Um, because if we can start 10 to 15 minutes before all the other surgeons, then <laughs> we, we... You we get, get ahead of it. We get ahead of it. So um, so I, I will usually go in, if my kids are with me at my house, I'll go into their room and I usually kiss them on the forehead and then make sure they have the alarm set. And uh, then I head off. We'll get to the operating room, talk to the patient, then we do surgery. And then usually finish up uh, around noon, and then uh, depending on what I'm doing and so forth. 
So your kids wake up, get themselves going, mm-hmm. and get themselves to school. There's no bacon being cooked in the <laughs> Lee household, so they... they. That's so responsible. Oh, yeah. They get themselves up, and they've done this now for a couple of years. They get themselves up. Um, they will. They eat at school, oh, okay. but we don't live far from the school, so they mm-hmm. ride their bikes to the school, and... Um, and even in the evenings coming home, they, you know, I used to have someone go pick them up or either I would pick them up, but, but now they can do that. They're self-sufficient. So mm-hmm. when I get done with surgery, I usually go to the office and we'll either see a few patients or I'll do administrative types of things and, um, checking with the staff. And then from there, I'll, I try to get home around five o'clock. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, yeah, and I'll typically go squeeze in an Equinox. I, my office is close to Equinox, so go squeeze in a workout. And as you can see, I don't spend a whole lot of time there. But just, that's not true. You look great. Just just a, a walk in and do a few things, and then um, the evenings it's variable. Last night we, I thought I had a conference call, but that got changed, and so we played some chess. My son loves chess. We'll do that. Um, we'll you know cook dinner, or go eat dinner somewhere. Uh, tonight they have youth group. So, uh, like I mentioned to you earlier, I, I will, I drop them off at youth group and then I go do a spin class and then, um, all sweaty. I go pick them up from that and then we go home and then we'll, you know, I'll shower and we'll hang out. So, you know, the one thing I would say when you're, when you are splitting the time with your kids, 50, 50 is like, I don't do social activities normally whenever I have the kids, mm-hmm. um, if I get invited to a Mavs game or there's a function going on or what have you, normally I, I bypass that because you want to soak up all the time. Yep. And which then translates into the weeks when you don't have them where you you maximize what you can do. So you end up running pretty ragged mm-hmm. on the when you don't have them because you try to do something every night. Mm-hmm. Uh, you fit in all your meetings and all your calls. And um, if there's dinner with people, you know, usually my – um, schedule's full for the next week. So the weeks that I have the kids are way more relaxing. It's like, mm. you know, just hanging out, building a fire, chatting, and, you know, maybe reading some books. If they have an activity and they're with your ex-wife, do you go to it? Like if they yeah. have a performance or, so you're still in, you still go. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It, you know, um, mine aren't, my, like my daughter does, she runs track. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I've gone to those though. I got to tell you, the cross country are like like an hour and a half drive from Dallas, and you get there and and you feel like, you know, you you could be in a different state. You don't know where to go, and there's no sign. So, <laughs> I've actually spent time driving around and not been able to find the event, and then had to come back to Dallas. Oh my gosh! But um, <laughs> but yeah, no. I mean, you never want to miss those types of things. And if it is something that happens during school hours, they understand that you're a surgeon. You cannot mm-hmm. move around your um, you, you know, you can't cancel a surgery sure. because the school decided to have a party at noon on a Monday. But, you know, I've always been, I think, pretty good about explaining to them. You know, we leave. So we leave next week for a ski trip. And I tell them, OK, so because dad has his own practice, because dad runs his business, I have to go work sometimes on Saturdays and I have to bring my work home with me during the week. But it also means that we can go take a vacation whenever mm-hmm. as long as I can, you know, plan around it and so forth. But so ski trip, we can, it's y'all's holiday, but I get to take off it because I have, I am my own boss. And so mm-hmm. there's a trade off and then they start to understand that. And I think they, 
I think they get it. Mm-hmm. And you can also explain to them how, I mean, they've heard a million of the when I was your age stories. <laughs> but, it's so true. You know, when I was your age, mm-hmm. I wanted a, a Nintendo. And they look at you like, what is a Nintendo? And you're saying, <laughs> so I had to get a job for the summer and work all summer to buy that Nintendo. But you get to have this because your dad works hard. Mm-hmm. Your mom works hard and we have it. But we still have to do the hard work. So, yeah, um, yeah I think it, I, I've just always been real big on explaining to the children what's going on. It's good. And that that's been helpful on one hand. And the other thing is you have to be really careful because they will throw it back in your face. <laughs> <laughs> so true. They're paying attention. Oh, my gosh. They're so paying attention. Okay, so you're dating someone. Yes. And how long have y'all been dating? Um, well, I always say six weeks, but it's been longer than uh, that. <laughs> I met her months yeah, ago. Yeah. So <laughs> So maybe a little bit longer. <laughs> you might want to work on that date. <laughs> this, this is all, you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily new, but it is new. Like, not just the dating and the, you know, like we talked about earlier, it's a process. Like you grow, even when you yeah. are dating and in a relationship, like you're growing through that. Sure, too. So of course. Reestablishing if you, if normalcy. You, if you let it, you know, yeah. if you want it. Um, and uh, she is also hardworking, but she's never been married before, correct? Correct. Okay. So she's an attorney. And has she met your children? She has. And how did that go? Um, I mean... Uh, smoothly. Did it? Yeah. You know, does she just, hang around with them? Does she spend time with them? Yes. Well, she hasn't, she has a love for the office, the television show uh-huh. and my kids have a love for it. So I think that's a really strong bond. The office is a really, really strong bond for people. <laughs> and, if you watch the office with Georgie, yeah. that's you're in. <laughs> so, and she actually had had a board game, uh, DVD board game thing about the office. So that was actually, I think the first time they ever met, we played that game and, and I actually won the game and I know the least about the show. So that <laughs> bonded them immediately. But, uh, yeah, I, I would say it was uneventful, just like what you mentioned earlier with your children. My son was like, okay, cool, whatever. And my daughter's like, so, <laughs> Oh yeah. The daughter's always like, so yeah. And I'm like, so this is adult stuff. You're a child. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good answer. (laughs) So you don't need to know. (laughs) That's a good answer. I have a few. (laughs) Good one. Thanks for sharing that. I've no. I just answer all of them. Yeah. I'm like, God, I wish you didn't answer ask that question. (laughs) Anna Prane asked me, wait. I'm like that. That I am not answering that. No, I am not answering that question. Go to your room. Yeah. Unfortunately, that doesn't work. They're like, okay, fabulous. Oh, yeah. Don't go to your room. I'm coming with you, dear. Yes. That, that would be the punishment for sure. All right, Dr. Lee. Thanks. Yes. We got to wrap up. Uh, Kevin, most important, Kevin has another show. He's better dealing yeah. us this afternoon. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> preempting you. It was wonderful being here, Toba. Hey, you how did, are you? Were, did I make you nervous? Yeah, the whole time. You did great. <laughs> you did so good. It's enjoyable, Thank though. It's Thank enjoyable. you. Hey, and now everybody can back off. I had a dude in here. There we go. 
<laughs> Relax. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no offense, Kevin. <laughs> None taken. Thanks, you all, for listening. Thank you, Michael. You're Thank the best. Thank you, Tova. Pleasure. Pleasure. <laughs>